Suffolk Site News. Suffolk Site News. Welcome to the December 2020 edition of Suffolk Site News. My name is Kate and I shall be reading to you and describing photos from the newsletter, which is 24 pages long, including the covers. The front cover has lots of festive photos on it, showing decorated Christmas trees, a couple of our Christmas parties from last year, and one of Saffron, the guide dog, wearing her red reindeer antlers. There is also a photo of our van with the new name and logo on the side. And finally, there is a lovely photo of our befriending coordinator, Amanda, with her friend Sylvia, reminding us of the sunnier and happier days of life before COVID. Suffolk Site is the site loss charity for Suffolk, created by amalgamating the East Suffolk Association for the Blind and West Suffolk Site. Its purpose is to improve the lives of people who are affected by sight loss throughout Suffolk. We offer a wide range of services aimed at providing practical solutions to the everyday challenges that people with sight loss face. To undertake this, we receive no government funding, relying solely on donations, non-statutory grants and legacies to continue our work. When your sight loss reaches the point that it impacts upon your ability to live your daily life as you would like to, this is the point to contact us. We may be able to help. The majority of our beneficiaries have some degree of vision that can be supplemented and enhanced with aids and training. Our community workers have years of experience and will work with you offering ideas and solutions to help improve your confidence independence and lifestyle. Services. Being a beneficiary of Suffolk Site is free and gives you access to all of the following services, beginning with a visit from one of our community workers. A community worker will visit you in your home and discuss your needs and can offer independence training and daily living skills training, improvements to lighting, a safety assessment including fire alarms and security, help with benefits and concessions, technology advice and training, aids to reading and advice on transport and mobility. Resource centres. From our offices in either Ipswich or Bury St Edmunds, our community workers will help you choose from a wide range of equipment, from talking watches to reading aids, to discover what meets your needs best. Please phone either 01473 611011 for the Ipswich office or 01284 748800 for the Bury St Edmunds office. To make an appointment, so as to ensure that a community worker is available for you. Low vision therapy. We work closely with you to agree your needs and provide any training to maximise the benefits of using magnifiers and lighting. Home visits are available. Simply contact your community worker to arrange. Regional club meetings. As a beneficiary, you can join any of our associated clubs. Regular meetings are held in towns and villages across Suffolk. Your community worker will provide you with details of the club that is nearest to where you live. Befriending. Our registered befrienders are carefully matched with you to make regular phone calls or visits to offer friendship and support. Sight loss awareness training. We can provide training to families, schools, care homes, community groups and local businesses. Page one, a COVID-19 update. Our offices are still closed to visitors. However, you can contact us via email on info at suffolksite.org.uk or by phone on 01284 
01473 611011. Phone messages are being checked regularly throughout the day, Monday to Fridays, and our administrator Jill will call you back to help with your query or let you know that a designated contact or your community worker will call you as soon as possible. At Suffolk Site, we hope that next year it may be safe for aspects of our communities and lives to slowly get back together. As we wait for this time, we will continue to support you remotely and will resume our home visiting and community-based services as soon as we are able. Office closure for Christmas and New Year. Our offices and phone lines will be closed over the Christmas and New Year period from 2pm on Thursday the 24th of December until 10am on Monday the 4th of January. Page 2. A message from Jeff Staff, our Chair of the Trustees. We are all hoping for a better 2021. We are all fully aware of how difficult and strange 2020 has been for all of us, for beneficiaries, staff members and volunteers alike. Everybody has had to adjust to an ever-changing environment dominated by the effects of COVID-19. Against this backdrop, the staff and volunteers have had to adapt the many ways in which they support everybody who is affected by sight impairment. My message for this edition reiterates the one from the last, my fellow trustees are so proud and moved by the work that staff and volunteers have continued to perform in these exceptional times. In November, I reached out to the leaders of the various local clubs and committees who, with their teams of volunteers, have traditionally run meetings and events for their members. And like everybody else, they have had to adapt the way that they keep in touch with and find out how their people are doing. The responses I received were heartwarming. Everybody is doing their utmost to ensure that feelings of isolation are kept to a minimum. However, it is clear that there is nothing equivalent to personal face-to-face -face contact with friends in a social gathering. So let's hope that in 2021, with news of vaccines coming online and better treatment regimes for the virus, we can finally look forward to meeting up with loved ones and friends freely again. And don't forget, if you think we can help in any way, please get in contact with your community worker or the office. The August edition of this newsletter introduced you to our staff members. In this edition, we turn the spotlight on our trustees and give a bit about their backgrounds. I hope you find this as interesting as I have. This just leaves me to wish you all best wishes for the season and let's hope that 2021 brings us more cheer. Page three, a befriending update, autumn and winter 2020 by Amanda Eaves, befriending coordinator. I would like to begin my update by welcoming our new volunteers, Simone Ruddock, Maureen Worsley and Sheila Hitchcock, who have all recently joined us. We are delighted to have you on the team and thank you for coming forward to offer us your valuable time. A very big thank you goes out to our existing volunteers for their continued dedication in supporting the people they befriend. During these strange and challenging times, having a regular phone call and friendly reassuring voice on the other end of the line can be a huge source of comfort, particularly for those who live in more rural areas or who don't have family and friends living close by. For the past 16 years of my working life, I have been involved in running befriending services Hence, I am extremely passionate about it, as I see firsthand the difference it can make to someone's emotional well-being. Befriending relieves feelings of loneliness and isolation and helps the recipient to feel included in and connected to the wider community. If you would like to find out more about our free befriending service or about becoming a volunteer, please do get in touch. You can call the office on 01284 748800 or email me at a.eves at And that's spelt a dot 
E-A-V-E-S at S-U-F-F-O-L-K-S-I-G-H-T dot O-R-G dot U-K. Stay safe, everyone. Amanda Eaves, Befriending Coordinator. There is a copy here of the photo on the front cover of Sylvia Arben and Amanda on a day trip to the Chelsea Flower Show in May 2019. Page four. Here we have the gorgeous photo of Saffron, who you may remember is Claire's guide dog, and Claire is one of our technology advisors. We've called this section Safi Says, and it contains articles about assistive technology. Keeping track of information and schedules can be challenging when you lose the ability to glance at a notebook or just grab a pen and jot down a thought. This was precisely the problem one of our beneficiaries was facing when she contacted us to help find an accessible diary for keeping track of her appointments, something she had been unable to do for two years. She had tried a number of solutions, ranging from large print calendars to the RNIB pen friend but nothing worked for her in the way she needed. It was when chatting with one of our tech advisors, however, that the perfect solution was found. After a demonstration of the smart speaker over the phone, the beneficiary, who had only previously used it for playing radio stations, found it has turned into the perfect information and timekeeping tool. Now, Mrs B uses the speaker for creating and checking appointments and creating customised cooking timers and lists, and she is thrilled. What is a smart speaker? A smart speaker is a voice-activated device connected to the internet, within which is a virtual assistant that helps you with everyday tasks. For example, Amazon smart speakers use an assistant called Alexa. And when you ask questions such as, what is the weather like on Sunday? She will respond. A smart speaker has a number of other useful features, all of which are activated by a simple voice command. Playing music, reading audiobooks, scheduling appointments on your calendar, controlling smart home devices in the house, such as turning lights on and off, controlling your home temperature with a connected smart thermostat, making hands-free telephone calls, playing interactive games such as general knowledge and pop quizzes, access to a dictionary and calculator, setting an alarm or timer, finding nearby business contact details and opening times, finding television listings. The most popular smart speaker brands include Amazon and Google though you can also buy speakers made by the likes of Apple, Sonos and Bose. Smart speakers can range in price from £50 up to £300. We've included a few images of various smart speakers on these pages. The main visual difference between a traditional stereo speaker and a smart one is that smart speakers are generally smaller and cylindrical in shape. How do smart speakers work? The crucial element of a smart speaker is an intelligent virtual assistant and its ability to recognise and respond to voices. The speaker has to understand what you are saying or all the additional features like setting reminders and scheduling appointments won't work. Most brands have their own voice recognition technology. Amazon has Alexa, Google has Google Assistant and Apple has Siri. While each virtual assistant has a different name, they are all woken up by the user saying their name, i.e. Hey Siri. Once awake, the speaker will listen to your question, feed it through the system and respond. The virtual assistant will also learn the more you talk so that it can better make sense of your accent and vocabulary over time and give you better answers. It can be important to consider which virtual assistant your smart speaker uses if you intend to pair it with other devices because some smart home products only work with either Alexa or Google Home. Whatever brand of smart speaker you decide to purchase, it will prove to be a useful aid for independent living.
page six, spotlight on the Suffolk site trustees. Here we have a picture of Jeff and he says, I'm Jeff Staff, chair of the trustees of Suffolk site. Before retiring five years ago, I was a director at Cambridge University Press for over 20 years. Responsible for both their visual identity and latterly the production and design of all their teaching and learning materials in the English language teaching division. On retirement, a very dear friend who lost his sight encouraged me to volunteer for a charity that supports people with sight loss. I'm forever in his debt as it has opened my eyes to the good work that the staff and volunteers do tirelessly for our beneficiaries. I and my fellow trustees share the same values making sure that we use all our skills and experience to guide the charity and to support our staff and volunteers, ensuring that they can help people with sight loss lead fulfilling lives. On a more personal note, I've been happily married for 42 years, have one son who lives in Bury too, and we have two cats. I'm blessed with having the ability to turn my hand to most things, from bricklaying, through plumbing and wiring, to both house and car restoration. I hope you find this edition helps you get to know all of the trustees that little bit better. Here we have a picture of Colin and he says, I'm Colin Pressland and I've been a member of the West Suffolk Blind Association, more latterly West Suffolk site, since I was a child. I've been a trustee of the charity for quite a few years now, seeing the charity through the changes and now the merger. I'm also a volunteer at outreach events and tech drop-in sessions. I've been visually impaired all my life and attended mainstream and specialised schools and colleges. I very much enjoy the countryside and listening to books. I was never into books before someone introduced me to audiobooks, because as well as being visually impaired, I'm also dyslexic. But now I can't stop listening to them. I think I'm making up for lost time. Next, we hear from Steve. My name is Steve Hodgkiss. I'm vice chair of the trustees of Suffolk Site. I joined the East Suffolk Association for the Blind way back in the 20th century as volunteer treasurer for the Woodbridge branch and joined the main charities trustee board in 2007, taking over as chairman in 2009 on the retirement of the late Norman Thompson. By standing in for people at various times, I have undertaken nearly every role in the charity, and therefore I have a fairly detailed knowledge of the organisation and, more importantly, how vital the services of the charity are to our beneficiaries and how much they appreciate the help we collectively provide. My interest in visual impairment was first sparked by observing my grandfather as he was losing his sight noting the lack of support and living aids there was at that time for people in that position. My paid career was spent with BT PLC and included roles as wide-ranging as being a technical support engineer for the emerging digital telephone and broadband network, project and programme manager for large-scale computer hardware and software projects. More latterly, I specialised in external contract management business change and business operations. Outside of Suffolk's site, my interests include playing golf, along with DIY and mending things. Never happier than with something totally dismantled on the bench in order to find out just how it works and can it be improved. We now have a photo of Michael and he says, Hello, I'm Michael Peake. I live in Alton Broad and have been a trustee since 2010. This is something I find very interesting and like to feel I'm helping others in some way. My other interests are bowls, which I've played for about 20 years, and powerboat racing, that I was first introduced to when I was still in my pram. My hobby at home is tapestry, which is something I can pick up and put down at any time. On page eight, we hear from Anne and Anthony. I'm Anne Kelly. I became a trustee of West Suffolk Site, now amalgamated into Suffolk Site, after having worked in the blind charity sector for over 20 years. I was fully sighted up until the age of 26 years and then unfortunately lost my sight very suddenly, which was very difficult. Following this devastating change in my life, 
and with the support and training that was available through the RNIB, I excelled and secured a role as personal assistant to the chief executive of a large company. In this role, I was introduced to a wide range of assistive technology, which made my day-to-day tasks so much easier. It also meant I could undertake many projects and initiatives, which has added to the wide range of knowledge and experience that I gained. I also took on training as an eye clinic liaison officer, which meant that I was in contact with many distressed members of the public, both face-to-face and on the telephone, who were going through the sight loss process. Having gone through this process myself, I could understand how they were feeling and understood the challenges they were facing while supporting them on their path to a more independent life. I believe that with the right encouragement and support, blind and disabled people can achieve their aims and goals, whatever they may be, and overcome any challenges that they may face. My interests are music, reading, travelling, exploring different cultures and history. I am Anthony Shepherd, and I am a retired solicitor. I was a trustee of Ipswich Blind Society for several years and was involved in the incorporation of that charity. Having been involved in several other local charities for many years, I have always regarded the work of the Blind Society to be very important. I am very pleased that the three local societies have now merged to work as one which should provide a sustainable organisation for the future. On page nine, we have a photo of Trisha, and she says, Hello, my name is Trisha Wynne. I have been a volunteer in an administrative role in our Bury St Edmunds office for four years, as well as being a trustee for two. Why did I become a trustee? I was a keen, proactive team member at the time of being asked to join the board. So with lots of fresh new ideas, having experienced temporary sight loss and being visually impaired, I felt that this was an ideal opportunity to offer my skills and experience for the good of Suffolk Sight. I love being able to volunteer within a charity that is close to my heart. In my free time, I enjoy days out and spending time with my family and friends, along with our newest addition to the family, our pet miniature schnauzer, Winston, who keeps me on my toes. Next, we have a photo of Pat, and she says, My name's Pat Durrell, and I am a trustee for Suffolk Sight. I was first involved with sight impairment when I was working as a support assistant for a lady who was completely blind. It was a steep learning curve for me, but very enlightening, and it gave me a great respect for those living with any disability. I met the local East Suffolk Association for the Blind Community Worker through my employer, and she was always so busy. She was totally committed and a real inspiration. I told her that I would like to become a volunteer when I retired and she held me to it. I began by helping at socials, then sitting on branch committees. I have held the post of treasurer for the Shotley Peninsula branch for six years. I became a trustee five years ago with the aim of being involved in the decisions that allow the charity to flourish and maximise the support available to all our beneficiaries. And our final trustee photo is of Neville, and he says... My name is Neville Broadbent, and I started out my career in engineering and electronics and ended up in management roles in the Scout Association. I also ran my own business, manufacturing jewellery. I have always been a proactive member of my local community with long-standing service as a school governor and as treasurer chair of Clare Horticultural Society. Upon retirement, my better half, who was already involved with Clare Seekers, had arranged for me to volunteer with the West Suffolk Voluntary Association for the Blind at their office in Bury St Edmunds to get me out from under her feet. By the end of the first week or so, I had been invited to become a trustee, and the rest is history, as they say. As well as holding various positions on the board of trustees, including chair of WSVAB, I also stood in as acting administrator for the charity in 2009. I have also been a trustee of Visionary, the national umbrella organisation for local sight loss charities. 
In addition to my commitment to helping others and my background in engineering and electronics, I am also interested in photography and the natural world. Also on page 10, we have a reminder that we have 2021 large print calendars and diaries in stock. We have an A3 large print wall calendar, the cost of which is a donation of your choice. Large print pocket diary for £6.25. A large print midi diary for £8.25. A large desk diary for £10.25. A large print jumbo diary for £21. Please call the office on 01284 748800 for more information or to put in your order. Page 11. Suffolk Site Telephone Counselling Service. An update by Tricia Wynne. Telephone Counselling Service Coordinator. The pilot service was launched back in May 2020 at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Our vision and aim was to set up a service to help those of our beneficiaries who might need extra emotional support during these challenging times. The new service has gone from strength to strength over the course of the year, with results exceeding our expectations. The analysis of the outcomes shows how the service has helped our beneficiaries to date. PHQ, which is a measure of depression, decreased by an average of 56%. GAD7, a measure of anxiety, decreased by an average of 58%. Overall wellness increased by an average of 31%. With the help of a Suffolk Community Foundation grant, we have been able to allocate more spaces to our beneficiaries who need the extra emotional support. This grant has also enabled us to accept referrals from other local organisations. We could not have made this service happen or reached out to our community in this way if it wasn't for the Suffolk site team and the qualified counsellor we have on board. We also have some exciting news to share with you. The Suffolk Site Telephone Counselling Service was nominated for the annual DEVELOP Award at the Visionary Conference 2020. Our project made it through to the final four and was described by the judges as inspiring. This is an amazing achievement. On behalf of the team and me, we would like to thank everyone for their support and we hope to continue helping our local community through these difficult times. Keep safe and well. Tricia Wynne. Telephone Counselling Service Coordinator. Page 12. Supporting Suffolk Site. Meet Suffolk Site's youngest volunteer. Hello, my name is Maisie Webster and I am 16 years old, currently Suffolk Site's youngest volunteer. I have lived in Combs near Stowmarket my whole life, along with my parents and my older sister Molly. It is a lovely area encircled by beautiful countryside. Currently, I attend Woodbridge High School sixth form and I'm working towards A-levels in biology, chemistry and psychology. When I leave school, my dream is to follow in my dad's footsteps and to become a vet. I've been lucky enough to grow up surrounded by many animals, such as ponies, goats, sheep, cats, dogs and many more wonderful animals at home. I volunteer at the Suffolk Site Juniors Group in Stowmarket for visually impaired children, which is one of Suffolk Site's wonderful programmes. Sadly, the group is not running at the moment due to COVID-19, but usually it runs once a month on a Saturday and has different activities each session. One of my favourite times was when a mobile petting zoo came and we all got to hold the animals, which all the children loved, especially me. I love interacting with each of the children and find it very rewarding. They all have such amazing personalities and motivation to learn and create new things, which makes them all so much fun to spend time with and is always such a highlight of my month. Also, I sometimes help out with fundraising events. The photograph is of me helping out at a car boot sale, where we sell donated items to raise funds for Suffolk Site. I am now completing my Gold Duke of Edinburgh Award 
and I'm able to use my volunteering hours to fill in one of my sections, which is amazing as I enjoy it so much. Thank you for reading and I wish you all the best for Christmas and the new year, Maisie. After this great piece from Maisie, it seems the perfect place to talk more about volunteering for the charity. Suffolk Site relies on the goodwill of a team of volunteers who support us in providing services to our beneficiaries. Even in these extraordinary times, living with the COVID-19 outbreak, we are always on the lookout for people who can give us any amount of their time to support us. Call Kate, that's me, on 01284 74 8800 to find out how you can help us now and in the post-COVID future. Page 13. Fundraising. We would like to say a very big thank you to Suffolk site member Jerry Sheen, pictured here, who has one of our money collection tins in his home and collects donations from family and friends. The latest tin handed in by Jerry contained over £200, which was absolutely amazing, especially in view of the challenges we have all faced over the past year. As you will appreciate, fundraising opportunities have almost completely dried up during 2020, with all the big events across the county being cancelled due to COVID-19 restrictions. Under normal circumstances, we would be out and about over the summer months attending events such as the Euston Country Fair, Bardwell Cars on the Green and Suffolk Dog Day. These events enable us to talk to members of the public to promote the services we offer and also to raise funds at the same time by holding tombolas, doing a lucky dip for the children or just selling donated items. All our store collections were cancelled this year too, which usually raises a significant amount of money for us. So we need to find alternative ways of bringing in revenue. You will have found, enclosed with your copy of this newsletter, unless you received, the audio version, a small cardboard collection box, which is pictured here. If you would like to follow in Jerry's footsteps and help support our work, perhaps you could also collect loose change for us from family and friends. Your help would be very much appreciated. Once full, you can drop the box off at one of our offices, or we are happy to collect, government restrictions permitting, of course. We were not able to enclose a collection box in the pouches with the audio news sticks as they were too big to fit. If you receive your news in audio format and would like a box, please just call us at the office on 01284 748800 and Jill will pop one in the post for you. Don't worry if you're not in a position to be able to donate to us. There are many other ways you can help. The simplest is by letting people know who we are and what we do. Other fundraising news. A generous catch. Despite the problems thrown up by the COVID-19 pandemic, on Sunday the 18th of October, the Oldborough and District Angling Club held their annual sea fishing match, of which the charity are very appreciative beneficiaries. This year, was the 74th running of the match and in the circumstances it was a tremendous success with over a hundred anglers from many counties taking part, several of whom had excellent catches. One of the main organisers, Mrs Gail Harrison, normally does not get a chance to participate due to responsibilities on the day, organising the grand prize draw and the many other things that make the event a great success. However, this year, with COVID-19 restrictions in place, non-fishing activities were much curtailed, and that allowed Gail the time to dangle a hook herself. Clearly, all these years, looking after everybody else has not dulled her angling skills, as she won the overall ladies' prize. The men's trophy going to a local angler, Mr Matt LaFleury. We would like to express our gratitude to Gail, her husband Paul and all members of the Oldborough and District Angling Club, along with the many businesses in the town who unfailingly support the event. We sincerely hope that circumstances allow us the opportunity to say thank you in person and properly celebrate the 75th annual match next year.
The photo accompanying this article shows the Lovett Cup presented to the overall match winner. Page 15. Your gift could help others. Legacy fundraising can be a thorny issue for charities. On the one hand, gifts in wills can provide valuable funds, but on the other, nobody really likes to dwell too much on their own mortality or ask others to contemplate what will happen after their death. Perhaps a better approach would be to concentrate on the immense good that can come from leaving a bequest to a charity. Charities generally get their funds from one of two sources, grant-making trusts or bodies and public donations. The first of these is incredibly time-consuming, and quite often the funds arrived with conditions attached to them about how they can be spent, so-called restricted funds. Within Suffolk site, we have been very fortunate to receive a steady flow of donations from the public, including legacies, for which we are very grateful. Donations are generally free from any restrictions and can be used to pay for general running costs, to keep the charity going or to introduce or expand services for our beneficiaries. When we receive notification that we have been left a cash bequest in a will, it is an amazing feeling to know that someone has decided they would like to help us to continue the work we do to support people with a visual impairment in Suffolk. Quite often, the person leaving the gift has had direct experience of our work, either as a beneficiary themselves or through knowing someone we have helped. The gifts we have received range from the entirety of a person's estate to a few hundred pounds, and it all helps. In recent years, legacies have enabled us to start a children's group, providing activities for primary school-aged children and support for their parents. They have also allowed us to increase the number of hours of community worker support we can offer, meaning that we can reach and help even more people. If you would like to leave a gift to Suffolk site in your will, then you can be sure that you will be contributing to the work that is needed to make sure anyone with sight loss or a visual impairment can continue to lead as full and independent a life as possible. Suffolk site can help with the wording of a bequest, but we cannot give financial or legal advice. If you wish to find a solicitor to make a will, you can visit the Law Society website at www.solicitors.law-society.org.uk Alternatively, you can contact our office for a list of local firms. Page 16. Other local news. Updates from our local hospital eye clinics. Changes made to the Eye Treatment Centre West Suffolk Hospital due to COVID-19. Please arrive no earlier than five minutes before your appointment. If too early, you will be asked to wait outside until your appointment is due. Come to your appointment alone unless it's necessary to have a carer. Please telephone ahead for special circumstances to be reviewed. Your temperature will be taken on arrival. If it records high, then your appointment will be rebooked. Face coverings are to be worn at all times, unless exempt. Please bring proof of exemption. Hand sanitizer is available and full PPE is worn by staff. Masks worn by clinicians can cause communication problems. All equipment is cleaned thoroughly between each patient. Appointments and surgeries have been delayed due to the lockdown. We are looking into provisions to reduce the waiting lists. Blue badge parking is now free, limited spaces available. You may be offered appointments in our community clinics to reduce waiting times. Our virtual clinics have been very successful. This involves having scans and your eyesight tested for the consultant to review at a later date. We encourage all patients to call the eye department if changes in vision are causing concern. All changes made 
are to protect patients and staff to reduce the spread of COVID-19. The West Suffolk Hospital Eye Treatment Centre can be contacted on 01284 713815. Low Vision Days at the James Paget. The James Paget University Hospital Eye Clinic is currently offering low vision assessments three days per week, with equipment often available for the patients to take home with them on the date of their visit. Follow-up visits can either be face-to-face -face or via telephone. Contact the Low Vision Clinic Coordinator at lynda.allen at jpaget.nhs.uk and I'll spell that out for you. That's l-i-n-d-a dot a L L A N at J P A G E T dot N H S dot UK. Rosemary Nell, the ECLO, is available every Monday. Rosemary can be contacted at Rosemary dot Nell at J Paget dot nhs.uk and I shall spell that as well. So that is r-o-s-e-m-a-r-y dot k-n-e-l-l at j-p-a-g-e-t dot n-h-s dot uk. Rosemary is employed by Vision Norfolk and can also be contacted there using rosemary.nell at visionnorfolk.org.uk. The James Paget Eye Clinic can be contacted on 01493 452121. For other hospitals serving our region, please check with them for any changes to their services. The Ipswich Hospital Eye Department telephone number is 01473 712233. The Norfolk and Norwich Hospital Eye Clinic, their telephone number is 01603. 288632. The telephone number for the Cambridge Eye Unit is 01223257168. The image on this page shows the Eye Treatment Centre at West Suffolk Hospital. Page 18. Suffolk Virtual Care Response Service, a Suffolk County Council service. This information is taken from the Suffolk County Council website in November 2020. The Suffolk Virtual Care Response Service is a free service for people who are vulnerable or isolated due to the COVID-19 pandemic and have little or no technological ability. If you're eligible for the service, you'll receive a device called a video care phone. Your carers, family members and friends will be able to video call you via a care phone to provide you with care and support virtually rather than face to face. You will also be able to use the care phone to video call them. This will help to protect both you and them from the risk of infection. So who can use this service? This service is for vulnerable people who do not have existing access to technology and receive or need care at home and could have some of their care tasks done virtually using a care phone device instead of face-to-face -face during this time. This won't replace essential 
face-to-face -face care visits. Also, those who are isolated or shielding due to COVID-19 and need to use a care phone to stay connected with family or friends to support their care needs and well-being. For more information, contact Suffolk County Council via the Adult Care Portal, which can be found at www.suffolk.gov.uk forward slash virtual care or phone 0800 Stowmarket and District Talking Newspaper, an article by John Webb on behalf of the Committee and Trustees of News Talk. It is with sadness that we announce the closure of News Talk after serving the Stowmarket area for 36 years. News Talk's first issue was in 1984, following it being set up by Stowmarket Rotary Club. Its aim was to provide a service of reading the local news to those with sight deficiency. During this time, it produced over 1,000 issues of news and information with many interviews and recorded reports of local events. Over those years, local newspapers have changed and delivery of community information has changed. Also, site assistance technology has improved, affecting the number of referrals received. As with many other charities, the current situation regarding COVID-19 has brought to a head the fact that this group had been continuing to publish with a team, many of whom were over 70. It highlighted that our technology skills were now limited, and with the closure of the studio following government guidance, made it obvious that it was time to stop. Following a number of unsuccessful attempts to fill various positions, the committee and trustees have reluctantly agreed to the closure with immediate effect. We would take this opportunity to thank all who have supported this small charity over its lifetime. The Rotary Club, the Lions, Stowmarket Town Council, Mid-Suffolk District Council, and the many others who have made it possible for us to serve those in this community with sight loss. Following on from this sad news from Stowe News Talk, we're including a note from Sound On. Do you know about Sound On? We're the Ipswich and District Talking newspaper. We record items from the Ipswich Star and send out on memory sticks to our listeners each week. Our service is free of charge to blind and partially sighted people, and this includes a player which we can deliver. You could also listen to us online as well, as via the My Talking Newspaper skill on Alexa-enabled smart speakers. If you would like to know more, then do contact me on 01473-684-601. I'm Pam Pelling and really do look forward to talking to you. And finally, on behalf of all at Suffolk Site, we would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And our final photo shows the fantastic Christmas baubles made by Arlette out of old light bulbs, one of which has been turned into a snowman. We are taking part in the Stowe Market Christmas Tree Festival again, and you'll find our tree in the Walnut Tree Pub. The final page of the newsletter is a chance for you to have your say. Feedback is always welcome, so please let us know what you like or don't like about our newsletter. Get in touch using the contact details given earlier. You can also request an alternative format. We provide our newsletter in various formats, so let us know if you would like to change how you receive it by calling us on either 01284 748800 or the Ipswich office number, which is 01473 
611011. Or you can email us. And our email address is info at suffolksite.org.uk. As well as a large print version, it's also possible to request this as an audio file on CD or as a digital print version via email. You can also let us know if you would like to no longer receive our newsletter. Again, contact the numbers. On the back cover, we have all our contact details. Our website is www.suffolksite.org.uk and that is spelt S-U-F-F-O-L-K-S-I-G-H-T. Our addresses and telephone numbers Disability Resource Centre, 4 Bunting Road, Bury St Edmunds, IP327BX. Telephone number 01284-74-8800. And the Ipswich office is 19 Tower Street, Ipswich, IP1 3BE. Telephone number 01473 611011. And our email address is info at Site is the sight loss charity for Suffolk, created by amalgamating the East Suffolk Association for the Blind and West Suffolk Site. Its purpose is to improve the lives of people who are affected by sight loss throughout Suffolk. Suffolk Site is a charitable incorporated organisation. Charity number 1183608.